about some considerations. And the first consideration or the first thought, I was just thinking, is your life. So I wanted to talk about some considerations. And the first consideration or the first thought, I was just thinking, I just want to give some perspective um, that the Lord was showing me through the word of God and just meditating on what is my life? What is your life? And what prompted that was when I was reading James uh, chapter four. So I had a couple of things that I wanted all of us to consider in this discussion. So the first thing I wanted everyone to consider regarding what is your life is God's direction for our lives. What is God's will for your life? And what is God's will for my life? So I want to go to the epistle of James, and I'm going to read uh, verses 4 through uh, chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. And James was talking to his the people of God, of course. Um, you can read the whole letter in your own time, but for time's sake, I just wanted to read to bring about my point. What is your life? And before I read it, I just wanted to share that sometimes we have so much anxiety about our lives. Um, our lives are filled at times with anxiousness and worry, and we all take thought for our lives and um, our provision, our care, our children, our family, our careers, whatever it may be. Um, God says clearly in his word for us not to take thought for our life. He cares about us. He knows what we need before we even ask. So I just had to meditate on this for myself because um, we, we want to have peace in this life. And we want to trust in God that he has our back and that he has us. So I just wanted to go over these considerations. This first one is uh, God's direction for our lives. And I'm going to go to James chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 13 through 16. James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. One of the things that stuck out to me and what really convicted me is we all have plans and we all have ambitions. We all have goals and things that we want to carry out. One thing that convicted me about this is that at times when I'm going to plan something or I say, I'm going to go here and do that. And this year I'm going to do that. And this is what I'm going to do with my finances, or uh, this is where I want to travel, or this is uh, something that I want um, to to go into, or an endeavor that I want to take on. And a lot of times, I make plans, or we make plans, and we don't consider God. 
See, God has a plan for our lives. God has a will for our lives. And what I saw here in James chapter 4 is that pride. Sometimes we think of pride as just uh, rebellion or disobedience or um, arrogance or conceit. But pride is really leaving God out. So I had to ask myself, am I leaving God out of my affairs or am I incorporating God through prayer? So he was saying, um, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. And in my notes, I've written down how we leave God out of our affairs and we don't consider what God wants or wills for our lives. God has a direction for our life. And that's the first consideration. God's direction for our life. What is his direction for your life? What is his will for your life? Does he want us to go there or, 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 or here? Does he want us to do the certain things that we say on our heart that we want to do? So the Bible says that all of our uh, boasting is evil because we need to incorporate God in our lives. And he convicted me because even in the course of the day when we wake up in the morning, do we pray? Do we ask God to direct our lives? Do we ask him to um, come in and show us the way that we should go? So it just really convicted me here when James was saying, wait a minute, what is your life? In one moment, it appears like a vapor and then it vanishes. What is your life? Think about that. What is your life? What is, what is the life of a Christian consist of? Is it more than saying, I want to travel here or go to Disney World or uh, get a promotion on my job or um, I want to open up this business. I think I will um, go over here and spend time with these people today. And we, we have so many things that we want to do just within the course of the day. We have, there's nothing wrong with uh, making a schedule and having plans and goals spiritually and practically. But the thing that James was saying is that when we leave God out of it, when we don't pray and seek God in regards to how he wants to go about our life, that's when he said in verse 16, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So I just wanted to encourage you not to leave God out of your affairs, that God wants to direct your life and he wants to order your steps. So that was the first thing. Consider that. What is God's direction for your life? Do I need to be over here? Do I need to be at every event? Do I need to be at every gathering? Do I need to be traveling over here? God has a season and a timing as well, but we've got to get into God's will for our lives. And one of the things of how we do it is in his word, but through prayer. So we want to incorporate God in our lives. So that really convicted me because I don't know how many times I have said, I'm going to do this and do that. And I didn't even consider God. I didn't even seek God on that matter, on that, on that endeavor or that ambition or that plan. I didn't even seek God. Is this what you want me to be doing today or tomorrow? What did James said in verse 14? Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? Only God knows what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. We get on the airplane. Only he, he knows what's going to happen. 
he sees the future. So we don't we only see to the we only see what we see in front of us, but God sees around the corner. He sees uh, potential danger, um, whatever it may be. God wants to direct our lives. And the second thing that I want us all to consider is God's provision. And I want to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 12. The Gospel of Luke chapter 12. So the first one I want you to consider is God's direction, God's direction for our lives. The second thing is God's provision. We're talking about what is your life. Let's consider these things. Um, the first one is consider God, what he thinks and what he feels. Seek him and get direction for your life. Don't make a lot of plans and schedules uh, without seeking God. And I'm not talking about getting up and brushing your teeth or uh, preparing your meals. I'm, I'm saying that when we make a plan or, dis or, or decision or a choice or we say we're going to do this, we really need to seek God. So the second thing I want you to consider is God's provision. What is your life? In the beginning, I talked about how we have anxiety and anxiousness. We're so anxious to do things and we do it out of haste and hurry and not do things in God's timing. And then we have that anxiety about our life. You know, how are we going to be taken care of? How our bills are going to get be paid? Um, our kids. So. We don't want to have that worry because God tells us not to worry. So I want to go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. And we're going to be there for a while in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. So the second thing I want us all to consider is God's provision. So let's go down to Luke 12, verses 22 through 32. And Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he said, then he said to his disciples, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Jesus was talking to his disciples about having an anxious mind regarding their life, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, their clothes. It's talking about the needs, their provision. And yet Jesus said, you shouldn't have an anxious mind. He said in verse 30, all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. Our Heavenly Father knows that we need these things.
So he said in verse 31, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. And in Matthew's account in chapter 6, verse 33, he says he adds to seeking the kingdom of God. He adds and his righteousness for all these things shall be added to you. But verse 29, Jesus says, and be ye not of an anxious mind. In 31, he says, I will supply you with all these things. But what is he telling them to do in verse 31? Our attention and our focus should be on things above, on the kingdom of God. So he's telling us we should not be worrying. We should not have an anxious mind. We should know and trust. Trust is so important in God. And our relationship with God, our fellowship and our devotion with God builds trust with the Lord. It builds a dependency on the Lord. And we know through that we have the confidence that God will take care of us. But when we become anxious and we become worried, we get out of position with God. I know it's happened to the best of us. Believe me, trust me. We've all been anxious about our lives and we all have had anxiety about our lives um bills coming in um you know sometimes you know sometimes in this life we're going to have a loss sometimes we lose a job things are going to happen but he was telling his disciples that i know that you need these things and your father will supply them and then verse 32 he says do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So God will provide. So the second second consideration is God's provision. What is your life? Jesus said that your life is more than food. And he said that your body is more than clothing. Do you know that your body houses the temple, that your body is the temple of the living God? that your body houses the presence of God. Our bodies are more than food and clothing. He said, life in verse 23 is more than food and the body is more than clothing. We are so much more than the body. We are so much more than what we put on. And I know that this world, there's so much uncertainty and financial, uh, uh, I don't wanna say financial ruin, but we all have financial problems at times and we just, we worry about our lives. And the Bible says that Jesus said that these things do the Gentiles, unbelievers, they worry about their life, but we know who our source is and we should know that God will take care of us. So what is your life? Your life is more than these things. And sometimes we are consumed with anxiety. We are consumed with fret. How are we going to make it? How are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to put food on the table? Uh, what's going to happen if I lose my job? I lose my house. I lose my car. He said in verse 29, be ye not of an anxious mind. God has us. He has you. He will not let us go without the things that we need. He will supply it, even if he has to use others <laughs> to help supply what we need. But we'll never be without what we need, but Jesus is putting his disciples back on God, back on the kingdom of God, back on the heavenly father who's able to provide. 
you know, let's keep our minds there and know that Jesus is the one that points us to God. And Jesus is saying that your heavenly father will provide these things. So I just wanted to bring that out. Um, the next consideration I wanted to talk about is our spiritual investment, our spiritual investment. So when we're thinking about our lives, you know, um, James says, for what is your life? The first thing that we want to do is get God direction for our lives. We want to seek him before we make all these plans and before we take on all these endeavors. We want to incorporate God to see if that is really what he wants us to do and where he wants us to go. And we also need to find out if it's in his divine will and timing. The second thing that we talked about was God's provision and how God will provide. What is your life? It's more than food. It's more than clothes on your body. So Jesus was uh, focusing his disciples. That's not what I want you to worry about. The father has you, but I want you and your mind on the kingdom of God. I want your mind set on the things above. And then the next thing that we want to talk about or I want to talk about and discuss is our spiritual investment. The Bible says, what is your life? So we know that our life is more than what's here on the earth, our physical existence. And let me tell you, I thank God for my physical existence. When I think about Genesis and how God created me in his image and after his likeness and how um, Genesis 2, 7 said that he formed me out of the dust of the ground and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So I have life and existence because of Jesus, because of the Father. They created me. They made me. They made you and I. So I thank God every day that he gave me an existence. And that I am alive today. But the one thing that we want to focus in on is what is my purpose? Why was I created by God? Why was I made by God? Why was I put here on the earth? And while, while I am here on the earth, what is my investment? You know, God made us with a spirit and a soul and a body. And we put so much focus on the body and the soul and less investment in our spiritual lives. Because as Christians, we are not only soul and body, but we have a spirit and we have a spiritual life being born again. There's a new life that we enter into. And that life is more important than anything else. James said, hey, you, our life is more, <laughs> what is your life? It is but a vapor. It appears in one moment and then it vanishes away. We all know that one day we will die and we will go back to the dust. So what is our purpose? What is true life? What is the true life that Jesus Christ comes to bring? So I just want to talk about our spiritual investment. And we are in the same uh, gospel, Luke chapter 12. And I want to read verses 13 through 21. It was a, the parable of the rich fool that Jesus had given his disciples. So let's go to verse 13. Then Jesus said, then one from the crowd, this actually happened, said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life 
does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Let me say that again. Jesus says, take heed and beware of covetousness. One's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. And then Jesus begins to tell a story, a parable uh, to his disciples. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And when he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. Here we go. See, I will do this. Let me let me stop there. (laughs) He said in this story, I will do this. That is reminding me in James when James said uh, in chapter four, um, you who say I will do this and buy that and go sell here and do this. But they didn't consider God in all their dealings and all their plannings. So in this story, this rich, uh, this writ, the parable of this rich man, he has so much abundance. He said, this is what I, this is what I would do. He said, I will do this. He did not stop to even consider what God would have him to do with his abundance. Maybe there were poor people. Maybe there were people in his family. Maybe there were other things that he could have done with his money. But see how he said, see, James says, in your arrogance, in all your boastings and your arrogance, the Bible says, he said that this is evil because it's pride. Here is pride. In the story, he said, I will do this, but he did not consider God. He did not ask God, you know what? I have this abundance. Let me let me ask you, what should I do with this abundance? But he didn't do that. He said, I will do this. So he says, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. I find it interesting in the story, he didn't even consider um, someone that had may been in need or the poor or even giving it away to the poor. But he said, this is what I would do. So he stored it up for himself. And remember, this all started because in the beginning, um, there was a, a, a two brothers. And one brother told Jesus, hey, make my brother give me the portion of the inheritance that's due to me. And Jesus said, hold, wait a minute, who made me a judge over these matters? And then he began to focus them on that your life is is not consistent in the abundance of things which you possess. Don't keep your mind there. So I just thought that was interesting that James talked about the same thing. Verse 18, I can't get over this. I will do this. And we're all guilty of it. I've done it. But we need to stop and incorporate God in our affairs. God, what would you have me to do with this abundance? You know, we need to seek God in everything that we do. So I want to talk about the spiritual investment because he said our life does not consist in the abundance of things he possessed. So what does our life consist of? It consists of our relationship with God. It consists of having that eternal connection with God. We are no longer of this earth. We're living here, but we're here for only a short time. And our investment should be on, on the things that are above because that's where we're heading. We're heading, we're heading towards eternal life. This world will be passing away and we will no longer always occupy this physical body. One day we're going to have to leave these bodies. 
and our spiritual investment is so important. And we, as Christians, we spend a lot of time worrying about our lives instead of focusing on the kingdom of God. But look at this. Look at the pride that was coming out in this. Instead of saying, I'm going to give my money to the poor, just even asking God, what do you want me to do? So Jesus said um, in this story, in verse 19, I will say to my, he says in verse 19, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, you foolish person, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God, toward God. So our spiritual investment is important. What is your life? Because he said in verse 20, you, you are a fool. Because when you die, when you pass away, then all the things that you have acquired, the abundance of, of riches that you acquired, who, who, who is it going to go to? You can't take it. You can't take it with you in the ground. You can't take it with you into eternity. So that all the things that you stored up to who you don't even know who is going to go to. So why put certainty or why put trust in those things? Those things are fleeting. They're fading. They're not they're not permanent. So I just wanted to share that with you that this is so important where our investment is. As Christians, our investment should be in God. God is the source of all living. He is life. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And when we follow Jesus Christ, we have life, eternal life. So I just wanted to speak regarding that our spiritual investment, invest in your relationship with God, Invest in daily prayer, studying of the word of God, fasting, all the things that point us to God, all the things that draw us close to God. Build your relationship with God. Invest in the things that are above. You don't want to be, you, you don't want to be poor towards God. You want to be rich towards God. What is your life? James said one day it would, it's like a vapor. It'll appear one day in the next. We know people people are born and people die. Even the Ecclesiastes said there's a time to be born and a time to die. We're all going to die, but what are we doing with the life that God has given us? So we need to invest spiritually into God. We need to seek God daily. We need to seek him. We need to lay up treasures in heaven, not on the things of this earth. So I just wanted to, what is your purpose? You know, what are you called to do? What has God gifted you to do? It's not just to live here, eat and drink and be merry and go here and do this and uh, make money and acquire things and travel here and all these things that we do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what is what is your life? What does your life consist of? It doesn't consist in the abundance of things that you possess. What is true life to you? According to the word of God according to who you are in the kingdom of God, what is your true life? So I just wanted to bring that out. And I also wanted to, um, in your own time, read Psalm 73. 
because I had to stop and pause and think about that when I read Luke chapter 12. Because what came to my mind was trust. Do we really trust God? Because we sing it and we say it. But do we have complete confidence in God that he is in control and he knows how to direct our lives and direct our lives and provide for us better than we do? And that's the one thing. Read Psalm 73. The psalmist said, whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is none on earth that I desire besides you. Then he says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. For I have put my trust in him. Do we really trust in God? Because if we really trust in God, will we, will we be, will we be, that's a tongue twister for me, um, confident that God will provide for us, that God will take care of us, that God will direct our lives, or are we trying to be in control of our lives? That's a question. Because I think sometimes we go about doing things, we wake up in the morning, we go through the course of the day, we're planning things, and we don't consider God. We are in control of our lives at times, and we really have pride. We really don't allow God in to our affairs like we should. And that's one thing that I think you and I should really meditate on. Do I really seek God for my life? Do I really take time to be still and know that he is God, to find out? my purpose, to find out my calling, to find out what is the meaning of life, what is true life, do I search the scriptures to find that, or am I so consumed with what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to drink and consumed about myself and what I want to do and my desire and my dreams, do I even consider God? That's very important. So you can read Psalm 73, verses 25 through 28 in your own time. And then the next consideration, God's presence. Read Psalm 84, the whole psalm, really, because it reminds me of contentment. Matter of fact, let's turn there, Psalm 84. I'm going to turn there, Psalm 84, because I want to point out a couple of things that I saw there. Psalm 84. And the psalmist says in verses one through three, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You talked me about spiritual investment. <laughs> he said, my heart and flesh cry out for the living God. His soul longs and faints for the courts of the Lord. So we said in this consideration, we need to consider God's presence, and it brings contentment. God's presence brings contentment in our lives. We won't have a lot of anxiety and anxiousness and worry when we are in God's presence daily, and when we are consumed in God's presence daily. It wouldn't, we won't have lack of contentment. We will be content. And what blessed me is in verse 10, he says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. So read that whole chapter because, and then verse 12, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Complete trust in God. I'm not saying I'm totally there. 
And I'm not saying you all are totally there, but at some point we really need to sit down and take an account and evaluation of where we really are regarding um, our lives. Because our lives are not our own. And the life that we're living here on the earth for a short time, you know, what are we doing with our lives? Is it consumed with our wants, our desire, our needs? Is it consumed with anxiety about our children, about our um, the food on the table, our jobs? Or is it filled with God? Is it filled with God's presence? Are we are we enjoying God? Are we are in relations with God? What are we doing for God? What are we doing for God? So these are the things that we need to be um, discussing and thinking about because contentment in God is it's peace there. And God's presence, read Psalms 84, because God's presence brings contentment. This man says, or this psalmist says, that I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tent of wickedness. That was contentment in God's presence. So let's consider that. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about was the teachings of Jesus Christ. If you read First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, it talked about the wholesome words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul, the apostle, was talking to a young pastor, Timothy, who he was rearing up and training um, in the faith in the Lord to be a pastor. And he began to share with him about um, teaching and how teaching should be according to uh, the doctrine, according to godliness. And how um, he began to speak about how men... Uh, preach how, you know, we, we see in this day and time, this health and wealth gospel, um, supposing that, um, God gain is godliness and material blessings is godliness and it's not. And he began to share with Timothy, if, you know, we need to teach the wholesome words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the doctrine according to godliness. What really, um, stood out to me was a self-centered life. Sometimes, um, Men and women teach uh, and preach things that continue to keep us in a self-centered life and self-centered thinking. And he began to talk about how godliness with contentment is great gain because there, we, we didn't bring anything into this world and we, we can't, we can't bring anything out of this world with us. And Paul says something very, uh, um, I don't want to say convicting, but stood out to me. He said, having food and raiment, talking about clothing, therewith be content. Are we content today? Are we anxious or are we worried? Are we fretting about our lives? Or are we content with God? So I just want to leave you with those considerations today. Think about those things. Are you content with God? Are you just content? And is, is God enough? You know, and whatever we need, whether it's relationships, God is going to provide all those things. But I just wanted to put something on our minds today, on my mind today. What is your life? And I think as you go in these scriptures, as you read it and meditate on it, a lot of more things are going to come out to you. And it's going to bring conviction. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray that you help us with our lives. Show us through your word, through these scriptures, and bring conviction. Because sometimes we have anxiety, and sometimes we're not content with godliness. 
We're not content with your presence, God. We're not content with the kingdom and the pleasures that you bring to us, God. So I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will have us to see in your word, that you will refresh us and reinforce, God, to us who we are in this world. 